At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. In the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas. Joined, of course, by the man of the hour himself, Michael Lombardi, back in New Jersey. Michael, great to be back on with you, my friend. You know, it's crazy because we have a rundown that our producer, Matt Santos, puts out. You know, and we try to get prepared for the show each and every week. And as I'm driving in today, Michael, I didn't think we'd start the day talking golf. Right. And we're going to have uh, Will Hill on later on this hour. Harry Gagnon is going to join us in hour number two. But, Michael, it feels like right now the golf world is just exploding. And, you know, with everything going on with Live Golf over in, you know, they're going to have their first event this weekend in England and the defections of the Ricky Fowlers of the world and the Dustin Johnsons of the world, Phil Mickelson's. And then we get the news just before we begin the show today that Tiger Woods has withdrawn from the United States Open next week in Boston there, Brookline, Massachusetts. And, and, Michael, just to get your thoughts overall, because it makes sense, I guess, when you look at Tiger, what happened at the PGA Championship. He did make the cut there and at Augusta National, but he was clearly limping around those golf courses. It's almost Herculean in hindsight to, to imagine that he made the cut for all four days. He had a withdrawal on the final day at the PGA Championship a couple weeks ago in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he says in a statement he put out on Twitter not too long ago, hey, I want to get ready for St. Andrews, for the British Open, a flat golf course. I'm disappointed just as a golf fan 
because it, it shows our age, right? That that Tiger Woods yeah. has to withdraw from the United States Open because physically he just can't go. W- what do you make of, of that news today? And just from a golf perspective, you know, we're all still going to watch, but there's no Tiger, so some of that intrigue goes away. Well, you know, I think when you watch Tiger, let's go back to the PGA Championship in Tulsa. When you watched him on Monday on the Golf Channel, you got a chance to see him. And you could see he was moving around Tuesday. He didn't have the same way he was moving around. And by Wednesday, when I watched him and he went to pick up the ball out of the cup, he he looked like he was in pain. And I said to myself, wow, I don't see how he's going to handle this. And even though the weather didn't turn bitterly hot, it actually got cooler. Mm -hmm. You know, it was still an uphill climb for him. And and I think this just shows us that Tiger's a mortal human being. I mean, it's hard to overcome. Brady, Tom Brady, has set such a standard of excellence for older players that we think everybody's going to do what Brady does. And that's what makes Brady an exception to the rule. Nobody does it except Brady. Now, Brady hasn't had the injuries sustained as Tiger has had in terms of what he's done off the off the golf course with the Navy SEALs and all that stuff. But I just think it's a, an indication of his mortality, his ability that he is getting older. It's harder to recover. And I, and I think he's probably right to try to see if he can play over in, in a flat course as opposed to Brookline, which will be very tight. The rough will everything possibly out of him, uh, you know, just trying to get the ball out of there. He could tweak that, that, that knee even more. Mm. Uh, so it's probably a really smart move for Tiger. Michael, Michael I think that is a, a, a perfect comparison when you mention Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady, by the way, is there at the OTAs in Tampa getting ready to, to go with the Buccaneers. And we can talk about that in a little bit. But that's a perfect equation because you think in a singular sport like golf. And I've had this discussion with my friends. You know, golf isn't a sport. They always try to tell me, right? You know, it's just it's golf. It's, it's a leisure activity, right? And here's a guy that right, physically right, can't right, yeah. go in that sport. Yet Tom Brady can go in the sport that you've got to have everything. You've got to be physically conditioned each and every year. And here he is north of 45. Uh, or around 45, I do, but Tiger's north of 45. He's at 46, but they're very close in age here, and yet he can't play golf. It, it does show you, no matter what you're doing, when you hit a certain age in life, to still be at the elite and to try to actually compete like Brady is at, at the most important position. You can make an argument in all of sports, and yet Tiger Woods can't even go here in, in golf. It's a, it's a very unique comparison because guys just – what Brady is doing – Shows you again how just, I guess it just it defies logic, doesn't it, Michael? What he's doing when you see a guy like the mortality, the golf mortality of Tiger Woods now. Well, it really does defy logic, and the reality here is is simply that you know when you look at it, uh, you know, father time is probably what one trillion to one. <laughs> I mean, everybody's <laughs> lost to father time except one guy, right? <laughs> One guy hasn't lost. He's been able to maintain this. So, you know, I I think that's the thing. And and that one, you know, we we talk about one isn't a pattern. We've seen a trillion people give in to Father Time. Mm. And yet one guy hasn't been able to do it yet. And so we we start to think that everybody can do it when in reality, you know, nobody can. And and we don't know when Father Time is going to win against Tom Brady. Uh, He will win. Eventually he has to. He's undefeated up until this point. But... You know, it's it's a tough one to it's a tough one to watch, and and the amazing thing too, David, is is Brady's getting better as he's getting older. Remember when he was thirty six and fourteen, 
you know, we all, me included, were worried about the downside of his career. Is he, is he kind of lost it? You know, 36 is that magic number. It used to be 32. Then we pushed it to 36 for quarterbacks. Their eye level comes down. They don't want to throw the ball down the field. Their average per attempt is way down. And since the Kansas City game on Monday night, he's had this resurgence in 14 that has carried on to 22. I love I mean, he's had, you know, he's had six. Let's let's put this in perspective. Okay. Brady has had almost three Hall of Fame careers. <laughs> if you just took 01 to 10, you know, maybe 01 to 11, that's a Hall of Fame career. If you take 12 to 10 to 20, that's a Hall of Fame career. He's had two of them. I mean, if you you know, if you want to go the Terrell Davis, he only needs six years to have a Hall of Fame career. He's had at least he's had four of them. I still have people, Michael, that debate me that Aaron Rodgers is better. Okay, that's the story for another day. Well, I mean, he's more talented. There's no denying that. But what we measure quarterbacks on, and Wes is what makes Otto Graham so wonderful, is Otto Graham won 11. You know, he played 11 years. I think he won 10 titles. Right. Brady's played all these years. You know, the title next to your name. I mean, look, nobody – I'll argue Dan Marino is one of the finest quarterbacks that ever walked on the field. The guy went five years, one year, five seasons without making a playoff. Mm. You know, it, winning is to the quarterback, you know, and that's why Tiger, we talk about Tiger because he's won yes. championships. 15 majors. By the way, Brady and Rodgers are deadlocked in the MVP race at 10 to 1, uh, as I see here before we get to the season starting, for Rodgers potentially to go three well, in a row. What's Mahomes on that now that you brought that up? What's Mahomes on that? You can get uh, Mahomes at 9 to 1 right now. So oh, he's lower than that. I, yeah, slightly lower. I thought you know, Herbert's ten to one with uh, with Rodgers and Brady, and then Josh Allen's your favorite at seven to one, Michael. And obviously, it just feels like a quarterback award when you look at this year. You got to go way oh, down yeah. before you get to Derrick Henry at fifty to one for non quarterbacks to win this award. But it is fascinating to me that we look at. You got the young gun that we believe is about to arrive in Justin Herbert, a guy in Patrick Mahomes who's already won this at nine to one. Rogers who's won it back to back at ten to one. Tom Brady at ten to one as well. So you've got this mix here, and Allen hasn't won it yet, and he's the favorite at seven to one. So you got this mix of young guns with the old guys. I wonder if voter fatigue will come in for Rogers this year. And by the way, the Buccaneers are seven to one to win the Super Bowl. So there's still a belief level that Brady, no matter how old he is can still get it done either on the individual level or on the team level. You know, and this is a really good learning lesson. I'm glad you brought this up. I mean, this is the one one award that you can make some money on. Mm. So let's say you have $100 or say you have $10 or say you have $1,000. Pick five of these quarterbacks that you think could win the MVP. Pick five of them. Right. You know, and so you got if Josh Allen comes through for 10 bucks, you win 70. You've only spent 50 but you're going to win 20, right? Yes. So there's a way to make a profit and is pick, you know, if you it, it, pick Tom Brady or pick, take five of these guys and, and you know, and obviously uh, put a guy in there that, you know, Russell Wilson, maybe he's at 16 or 17 to one, put him in there. You know, you have a chance to really make money on this award because you're right. We know this award is going to the quarterback. I think it's, it's going ex- to be a quarterback award. And if, and if, and if Josh Allen 
and the Bills win the East, and they have home field advantage in dreary Buffalo all throughout the playoffs, <laughs> you know, he's going to be the MVP of the league. I think it's a great handicap, by the way, to try to lock in a profit. So, to your point, if you do think Josh Allen, which I do think he will be obviously a live player for it, he's the favorite. That that's a smart way to try to handicap that. You, you mentioned uh, some guys in there. Say Russell Wilson, fourteen to one. You know Lamar Jackson, twenty-five to one. Yeah, he's a quarterback, but he kind of plays two positions. So if they have a bounce back year, he's already won this award as well, twenty-five to one. Try to lock in that profit. Uh, Derek Carr, right. by the way, out here, twenty-two to one. If the Raiders are going to surprise people and potentially win what we think could be the toughest division in the history of pro football, I think it's a very astute way for people to try to evaluate this MVP market and find value in there. And I'm with you. Why go Debo Samuel 51, Cooper Cup 51, Derrick Henry 51. They just They're don't give it. Win it. They just don't give it to they, guys. They, that, they, right. I, I call them, Dave, that those are the St. Jude's picks. You might as well just <laughs> donate that money to St. Jude's. It's a better cause. It, it's you know, exactly that's right. a St. Jude's pick, you know, get, you know, sit there and, and you know, say, I'm going to take two favorites and, and two modest ones, and then I'm going to take a long shot, or however you want to do it. You need to make up your own mind, you know. But you know, you got to be able to know that you're. If it goes in your favor, you're guaranteed a profit. Yeah, no question about it. I think it's an excellent way to handicap that. We're going to talk much more about this throughout the show, and there will be some more golf talk because, again, Tiger Woods officially is out of the U.S. Open. And, Michael, I have to take some ownership over this. This is twice this has happened to me now. I played just a $5 small, you know, St. Jude's pick, if you will, on Tiger at 300-1 to to win the U.S. Open. 24 hours later, he pulls out of the tournament. (laughs) I did it to So everybody's going to blame you for doing it. There's no doubt. It's my fault. I did this with Phil Mickelson. It's your fault. I bet him in December to win at Augusta at 150 to 1, and then we all know the calamity that became Phil here in 2022 didn't get that $5 back either. So just a bit of caution out there before you, you put these futures, you get these great numbers like I thought I was getting. Sometimes buyer beware, and I got to beware on that one. Michael, when we come back, I'll get your thoughts on the NBA Finals. That's going to resume tomorrow night in Boston. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line right here on Visa. And again, going to have Will Hill join us later on this area. Harry Gagnon is going to join us in hour number two. Michael, i just uh, fascinated by the conversation today already to begin our program. But I do want to dip into the NBA Finals here as we prepare for game number three tomorrow night in Boston. First of all, it's so spread out. It's like it feels yeah. like we're playing a game a week here as we crawl to get to the finish line in the NBA Finals. You know, it's interesting, you know, when you go to the NFL and you go to the postseason, you get in that rhythm unless you had to buy in the first week yeah. of playing every week. You think that, that that impacts your handicap at all when you space these games out as much as they do? I know it's coast to coast, so maybe that helps. So it's not small turns, you know, a day in, you travel across country, that sort of thing with the, the West Coast and the East Coast here. But does it affect your handicap when you look at the space in between these games? Well, I think it affects the perception, right? And so the, the narrative that's being driven by the media, by, you know, the fans, by the betting market, you know, where's the line movement, all that stuff, you know, the more time you have for that. I mean, when you handicap an NFL game, you know, typically during the week, I try to look at my numbers month, Tuesday, Wednesday, block out all the noise and then come up with a, a kind of a consensus based on the number and try to keep away from the perception that's going around. This team's hot. That team's hot. So, you know, the more time between games, there's, you're going to have more noise, and you've got to guard against the noise. Mm. And I think that in this series, what, 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 my, what struck me, David, was, uh, you know, I was on Boston like JVT was and Patrick. We talked about it on Sunday. And I just, to me, watching this, I'm not sure the number matters anymore. I think whoever wins covers. Hmm. I think it's more about figuring out the winner. I mean, it, it happened all through the Boston series. I mean, it, it just it, whoever won the game covered. 
I, yeah. You know, and so, and so, like for me, I, I kind of thought the Warriors were going to win because their backs were to the wall. There was a sense of desperation, but you know I, that number seemed a little too rich, right? At four, Boston. Well, it never was. It wasn't rich enough. And, and I'm getting the sense of this is because it's all related to the percentage of shooting and how well you shoot it in every single night. And, and that the line is it's more about the winner than it is about the, 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 the number. And that and that was the case in the in the Miami series yeah. for sure. Well, I think you're you're spot on. And I had Tim Doyle on last week before the NBA Finals began, and he said it was as simple as who shoots it better from three is going to win. And you're to your point, the Celtics in that fourth quarter in in game number one, they came, they were just on fire in that fourth quarter, shot it better than the Warriors in game two. We all saw what happened in that third quarter. And by the way, third quarter Warriors thing is real. That is a real thing. Whatever they do in the third quarter, it manifests itself in game one and in game Whatever two. Whatever they do at halftime, I mean. <laughs> I don't know what they're. I don't know what that what they have in the Gatorade at halftime. But you know, look. I mean, we saw a decline, David, from 51 percent on three point shots. They took 41 in Game One. Mm-hmm. They took 37 in Game Two, and they and they lost 11 percentage points. And then what they really hurt them more than anything was, you know, they lost they lost 13 percentage points in, in from the, the two point line. You know, they shot 50 percent and then they went down to thirty-seven. So we said they weren't going to shoot well, and that was the case. And you know, and, and Golden State pretty much played the same game. They shot about the same, and they were able to be you know effective, and they were able to get Peyton to come on the court and play you know good minutes for you know he's plus fifteen in the game, and so that really helped them getting some bench time. So I mean, I think this will be a close game. Uh, you know, this will be a close game coming up. Uh, I, I think Boston won't play like they did. You know, they turned the ball over. I mean, Man. I kept cursing smart during the game. Like, Marcus, are you going to stop turning this ball over? He had five turnovers. You know, he had five of the 18 turnovers, and he's the primary ball handler. Yeah, it's, it, and I thought your point about deciding if you can figure out who you think is actually going to win, go with that because it has, that is manifesting itself so far uh, here in the series. It's a great point. The Celtics right now, three and a half point favorites in game three, by the way. That total sitting right around 212, 212 and a half, which is surprising to me that it hasn't come down a little bit, Michael, after what we saw yeah. uh, in game two in the defense. But I know game one went over, but really without that 40-point barrage by Boston in that fourth quarter, it might not have. So it, it does surprise me. feels a little high for two teams, the best two defensive teams, uh, statistically in the NBA. So I know people are still expecting fireworks here. I'm kind of with you. If you identify who you think is going to win, maybe don't let that point spread get in your head there. Like if you like the Warriors, I would consider taking them in the money line in game three at plus 140. Yeah. And if you like the C's, then you can lay that three and a half comfortably if you believe that those sides are going to win. I agree. And, and, and I think this, you know, in the, in the second game, uh, uh, you know, when you looked at it, it's 51-50 at the, it's 52-50 at the half. You're thinking, okay, you know, that's uh that comes in at a, a 204. We knew the line was, was what at two, it was at 215 and, and it came back down. Right. You know, so I just think there's going to be a period where one of the teams doesn't shoot well. And the under, as long as it, I think it stays Above the 210 number, I think you got a good chance at, at the under to play here. But, you know, look, I think Boston didn't move the ball as well as they needed to move the ball in that game. They turned it over way too many times, way too many times. And, you know, they, they scored 14 points in the fourth. And, and you know, the, the play of the day was Al Horford on the under. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, that, you knew he was not going to score again. 
He only took four shots in the game. I thought the guy that surprised me was I thought for sure Clay Thompson would have a better game. But I, I think the longer this goes, I think Clay's limitations become apparent to everybody. You know, it, it is fascinating because you, you cannot count on old man Al, as great as he's been in this postseason. I think it's hard to count on that type of production like you got in game one, you know, game in, game out. And it's interesting when you look at the numbers here, Jason Tatum had a very subpar game one, and they win. He had 28 points, led the team in scoring in game two, and they lose. Now, I don't know if we can find some correlations here, but I wonder if Steve Kerr is almost saying, all right, if Tatum gets his, and by the way, he's turning it over at a too high a clip as well, right? Along with yeah, Marcus he Smart. Too. The two of them. The two of them had died. Dave, David, he was minus 36 for the game. Right. I mean, you know, Tatum was, you know, whereas when he didn't score, he was plus 18. Right. He was the leading plus minus guy in the last game. I think he and White, you know, and, and no, Al Horford was. But but the point here is, is I agree with you. I think Kerr's saying, okay, Tatum, you dominate the game. We're going to clamp down on all these other players. Smart's not going to do anything. Right. Brown, who started hot but then couldn't finish. And then we got to handle White coming off the bench. I think that's exactly what's happening there. They realized that in game one. Like, everybody else got theirs besides Jason Tatum in game one, specifically in that fourth quarter. Great games, at least offensively, from from Smart and Horford. And that was the difference. And White off the bench as well. So you kind of limit some of that other production, if you will. Let Tatum. And, you know, Brown is a key as well. And, you know, he didn't get it going as much in game two as he did in game one. So it's very interesting to handicap this going forward. One other thing, very quickly here before we take a break. I heard Draymond Green say something interesting, Michael, and I want you to get your thoughts. He went on a podcast, I do believe, yesterday, and he basically, I don't want to say that he taunted the officials, but he said they're not going to throw me out. I'm going to do what I do, and they're not going to do anything about it. And I wondered, are you— I thought it was ridiculous. I I thought it was completely ridiculous. I mean, mean, they're sitting over there, and Javi's telling everybody, well, we know he has one foul. I mean, like, that would never happen. What you're saying is we've become worldwide wrestling. I mean, (laughs) you're saying we've become worldwide wrestling. We've fixed the game here. Like, No, I mean, Draymond should have gotten thrown out of the game. Like, I don't understand. If you got rules, you're not going to enforce them. Like, what, what are we doing? Well, that's, I mean, yeah, bring, he, Vince, bring Vince McMahon in. We'll bring Bruno San Martino back, and we'll start having <laughs> worldwide wrestling. I mean, like, I was appalled by it. And, and Van Gundy and Jackson don't think there's a problem with it. It's okay. Like, no, the guy's crossing the line. You know, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was out of control. I really did. I thought he was completely out of control, and he should have got tossed. He, he, but yet, no, because they know he has two, so they're not going to. Why? Yeah. So that means he could be a complete jerk? It seems like a very twisted and maybe kind of – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that, to say that the guy gets to the limit. So when he gets to the limit and pushes the edge, that's when we show contrition or, or we let him do what he wants to do. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, right, that once the guy gets to the line of getting kicked out, that's where he has carp wants to do whatever he wants. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it was a – it makes no sense at all. If you got rules, you got rules. If you say you're going to be somewhere, be somewhere, right? right. Like, if they got rules, you got rules. So, <laughs> like, I don't understand it. Like, I don't know why this guy gets away with it. Like, at some point, and then he's got defenders on the bench. He's got Van Gundy. He's got, you know, he's got Jack. Oh, yeah, you can't throw him out. No, you throw his butt out. Like, he's, he's, he was, he knew it. He kicked the guy. 
Come on. And Jalen Brown, I, I mean, look, it's going to be such an interesting environment in Boston. To, because if there's anything the Boston fans are known for, Michael, it's to let bygones be bygones and, and really not get Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to be all over Draymond Green in game three. I wonder how the officials are going to handle that. Uh, handle that. And that should be a part of your handicap because that really could affect the game going forward. We'll talk much more about that in hour number two. But when we come back, Michael, some big no- news and notes in the NFL. We'll get to that when you come back with us on the Lombardi on Avisa in the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with some of the best betting content in the biz right here at VEASAN.com. Subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel's got you covered all the way through these NBA Finals. Andy McNeil's going to break down everything in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued best bets. Premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st, so sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And Michael, I was driving by uh, on my way into South Point as I do each and every week. And I, I still am like a kid in a candy store when I drive by Allegiant Stadium and look at that beautiful structure up there. And I start wow. thinking, boy, you know, maybe the Raiders 6-1. to one. They're, they're such an intriguing team. And it's such an intriguing uh, league and certainly division in the AFC West coming in. And I do wonder, and we talked a little bit about your handicapping when you get into the NFL season, how you kind of block out the noise early in the week, make your projections, and then go forward. And I do wonder, when you handicap games, what do you think to you is the most important, meaningful stat for handicapping NFL games. Do you have something that you look for each and every week to say, this is the most important feature before I handicap this game? Well, I I think a lot of it is more than just one stat, right? I think it's about the matchup. I think you have to, every week's a different week. I know we hear that rhetoric all the time about the National Football League, but it is. I mean, you know, you're playing Buffalo and you're Detroit. Buffalo's fast on offense, Detroit's slow on defense. And then you try to compare for, you know, it's everything's based on the matchup. And so you just try to handicap the matchup you got power rankings, right? right? So you have your power rankings that you come in that helps you set the line. And then you try to dig deeper. I think two, three years ago when I started this, I, I was, I did really well. I was, you know, over 60% on games. And then I started listening too much to the line movement, to the steam, mm-hmm. to this and to that. The sharps are playing this. The sharps <laughs> aren't playing. I, I got, I, I, it was my own fault. And, I, and, I, and, and then last year, I got away from the Sharps. Like, you got to be on the side of the house. Well, I don't know what side the house is on all the time, you know? So I kind of got away from it. So I stuck with my power rankings. And then I think it's really about the matchups. It's really like Miami is playing New England in the opening game. In Miami, not an easy place for New England to play. Heat, humidity, hard. The, you know, Miami's offense, because of their speed and the way they were last year, the way they challenged New England's defense horizontally, not so much vertically, but horizontally, you knew that was going to be a problem for them. And could, could New England move the football effectively on the road? And, you know, so all those things factor in. 
And I, I think you got to, and then you got to take the coordinators. And I think you got to really spend a lot of time understanding the coordinators, how they match up to the opponent coordinators. Mm. It's not so much the head coach; it's a, it's the coordinator. You know, you're playing. I mean, Andy Reid's running Kansas City, so Andy Reid against Patrick Graham. You got to look at that matchup. You know, Josh McDaniel against Steve Spagnola. You got to mm. look at that matchup. And then how does that play out and how have they handled it through the season, through the years? Because that's the one variable you can kind of quantify a little bit. You can go back and look at how McDaniels has done against the Spagnola defense. Like when McDaniels is playing Pete Carroll's style of defense, he's very successful. So you know that going in, that helps your handicap. You know, is it a, a league rule? that the Patriots and the Dolphins have to open up week one? Because you mentioned it again. Here we yeah. go again. Dolphins favored by three, by the way, right now. You can get that. Well, they beat them up. I mean, yeah. they beat them up in New England two years ago, you know, and so it isn't just the weather. I think it's a – I think Miami's a hard matchup for New England because of their horizontal – the way they forced the game horizontally. At least the way they ran the game the last time. You know, when they were running the RPOs and they really never made Tua have to participate in the game. Right. I mean, to beat Miami, you got to make Tua participate from the drop back, from quarterback, you know, from behind center, make him throw the ball down the field. Don't allow him to get away with short passes and run after the catch. And New England hadn't been able to do that. You know, it, it is interesting, too, because you mentioned the handicaps and how to do this. You know, that was with Brian Flores last year when they beat New England week one up there in New England. Then they didn't win forever, and then they didn't lose forever. Now you got a new coaching staff coming in there in Miami. I wonder how that's going to play out against Bill Belichick, because I guess you can make the case that at least Brian Flores kind of knew – uh, what they were, right. were trying to do. Let me stay on that New England side here very quickly uh, in, in Miami, the AFC East, if you will, as a whole. Because when I look at the coaching changes in New England and bringing back Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and hearing we're not exactly sure who's going to be calling things there, uh, if it's going to be Patricia or Judge, when you look at those guys returning home, if you will, is this a comfort level for Bill that says, I got my guys back? They went out, they they tried to kind of do it their own way, didn't work out the first time around. We've seen this with Josh McDaniels. Now he's in Vegas. Sometimes these guys come home and they pick up right where they left off. Do you think that's the case with New England this year? Well, I mean, if Joe were the special teams coach and Matt were the defensive coordinator, I'd say, okay, you're probably, you know, that you can make a case for that. But because they've changed roles, right? you know, there's a report out today that Matt Patricia is going to call plays. I find that hard to believe because the guy who's going to call plays has to be working with the quarterback. Because, the, you know, McDaniels and Brady would sit in a room and go over, you know, what they like, what they didn't like. McDaniels last year sitting on the sideline coaching the quarterback when he came off the field. That's critical. That's critical. You know, we're watching, we're looking at the Polaroids. We're seeing this. Okay, here's what they're doing to us. Here's what we have to do. Football's a complete game of adjustments. So if you're coaching the offensive line, that's, you have more than you have on your plate. That's really hard. To get those guys organized, detailed, and handled, to add play calling to that, I think would be a little too, uh, too much to handle. So I'm not buying that report. I think Coach Belichick will go through these OTA days. I think he'll examine what's going on, and he'll make a decision based on what he feels like is the right way to get Mac Jones in the right position to call the right plays. You know, and, I, and I think ultimately that's what they'll do. I, I was stunned when I saw that report because Michael, I was like, did I miss something? Matt Patricia now is going to call offensive plays? Like that, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. But again, you know that organization, you know Bill, and you're probably right. He's just going to sit back, sit back, watch these guys, and evaluate. 
uh, and figure this out. That was a 10-win team a year ago, a playoff team a year ago, and they're over under this year's eight and a half, uh, slightly yeah. minus dollar fifteen to get back to nine wins. Would you be more confident in year number two with Mac Jones and Bill Belichick in the brain trust, even though they do lose McDaniel's, and that's a huge loss uh, from a from an it's offensive a huge side. Loss. Yeah. You know, he's such a good coach. He's such a good offensive coach. I think the reason the number's lower is because they really have done nothing to the media, to the outside world on their defense, right? Mm. They haven't changed their defense. They lose J.C. Jackson. They replace him with Malcolm Butler, who's over 30. You know, they bring McCourty back again, who really didn't have a good season last year. Now, Judon played well, you know, and, and he gave them some spark. But are they good enough on – are they fast enough on defense? Can they tackle? Last year with Hightower and Collins, they were so slow it was painful. You know, they couldn't and, – and they were slow horizontally. You know, I mean, if Hightower makes the tackle on Jonathan Taylor in the hole against the Colts, the Colts are going to have to punt, and, and the, the, they might win that game. So I think the question marks about their defense, more than anything, their offense is being, you know, talked about so much. But I, I think they have a better team offensively than they, they did last year. I think the additions of, you know, they, they tell me Cole Strange is going to be a really good player at right guard. He's very athletic. The, despite what the media thinks of him, they're really content. Thornton's a home run hitting type receiver who can be explosive. So, and then, you know, they've got some continuity. Their offensive line is good. Hunter Henry was really good. Yeah. Janu Smith has been in camp this whole time. Last year he wasn't. So I, I think they'll be good. Con- and they can run the football. I mean, let's face it, they ran the ball as well as anybody last year. So I think offense, I think the question marks I have about them betting the over is defensively. Are they good enough? Do they have enough speed at linebacker? Mm. That's the concern. They've got to get Jennings to play well, third-round pick in 20. They've got to get McGrown to play well. A, a, a kid they signed, they drafted in the fifth round. He was injured. He was probably a better player than that. You know, Ronnie Perkins, the kid they drafted in the third round. I think what Belichick feels like is, look, we've got a lot of young players. We've got to develop these guys before we sit there and bring new guys in. Got about 90 seconds before to take a break, Michael. But I'm curious when you talk about, we talk about, you know, maybe some of the things you do for handicapping. What do you think is the least valuable tool out there that maybe people over inflate, if you will? Is it home field advantage in the NFL? Uh, I, in certain places it is, but I think it's last week's result. Ah. I think it's last week's result. I think because the team played good last week, they just automatically think they are going to. And I think, and I think, unless you get the quarterback right, unless you really know if the quarterback play well, it really comes down to simply this. When I used to get on the team playing, and 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 when I was with the Raiders, Al Davis would ask me, "Do you know why we won? Do you know why we lost?" Handicapping is about, do you know why this team won? Do you know why they lost? And once you figure that out, outside of what the media is telling you then you'll have a better chance at having a better week the next week. That is excellent food for thought, certainly as you get closer and closer to the NFL season. But I think you can translate exactly what you said to just about any sport. If you break down exactly why the results are the results, that's going to help you be a better handicapper and block out the noise that you're talking about, Michael, that that is – it's omnipresent. So if you start to listen to too many people outside of breaking down exactly why the result went the way it did, you're going to be a much more successful handicapper in any sport that you decide to break down. Uh, Michael, when we come back, I call him the king of New York. Will Hill is going to join us. How about the guest he gets? He's unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's unreal. He's taking over the Big Apple. He's going to join us next right here in the, on the Lombardi line on these and these sports betting network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much, much more. So no matter what your favorite sport is, you're going to find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as 
non-withdrawable free bets or set credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN and each and every week. Michael, it is a pleasure to have the king of New York, Will Hill, join us. You can follow him on Twitter as I do it. Not the Will Hill. Does a great job on the Point Spread Weekly here at VEASAN. And, Will, before we talk all things that we're going to discuss today, I, I just had a conversation with you before we came on the air. As a Met fan, living out on the West Coast for the first time and watching, like, you know, regional baseball at night and watching the Mets win and score runs and, and cash tickets, it's a weird phenomenon. And I look at the Mets now, and their future is plus 750 to win the World Series. Now, that number's just been shorted as the year's gone on. But they're going to get Max Scherzer. They're going to get Jacob deGrom. Will, should I allow myself to believe that it's 1986 again? Boy, it's been a hell of a team, a hell of a story. And even the way they split with the Dodgers, I thought that was as impressive as they'd done anything all year because they lose the first two games. They're thinking, oh, no, here we go again. They're down 4-1 on Saturday night. And then they trail late Sunday. They win the Saturday game. Alonzo has a big night. And then Sunday, you know, they're, they're down. It's a back-and-forth game. And they bring in a kid nobody's ever heard of, Medina, right through the, <laughs> the heart of the Dodgers lineup to get out of it. Uh, I think Showalter's done a hell of a job. I think the culture's really been restored there, too, just from the top down to get, uh, you know, the Wilpons out of there. Cohen comes in there and brings some stability, bringing in Showalter. And just, you know, he's a professional. He, he's a little bit of a mix of the old school and the new school. Uh, you know, he's professionally knows how to handle the young players, knows how to deal with the veterans. And they just they found ways to win games this year. It's been a hell of a story and, and they're in really good shape here. Wait a minute, Michael. Is Will telling us yeah. that the front office matters, that managing and coaching matter, that adults in the room matter in professional sports? Oh, well, I mean, look at all the controversy the Mets have had from the general manager to the Wilpons being involved with Bernie Madoff and, and the financial issues that they've had to carry through. I mean, that, that affects the team. You know, mm-hmm. if you you know, there was a time where they weren't sure the Mets could make payroll because of the Bernie Madoff situation. That goes back years ago. But then the general manager problems, all that stuff manifests itself on the field and it, and it does affect the players. And so I, I definitely do. And, and that's why I wanted to ask, Will, are, are you sold on your Yankee team this year? I think they're going to win the division. Uh, I'm not as sold. I mean, people are making comparisons like the, the great Yankee teams of 98. I'm not, I wouldn't go that far. There's a little bit of a lack of depth, especially the bottom of the lineup. I mean, Gallo's an automatic out. Hicks, the, the catchers don't hit. Trevino's been okay, but gosh, Yoke's been a disaster. It's a good team. You look at the starting rotation. I mean, any of the five, all five could be in the all-star game. It's been that good. And I mean, you guys know the name of the game is starting pitching. So when you're starting pitching's that good, you got a chance to win the whole thing. Uh, I'm sure they'll hit a bump in the road here. You always have to worry about injuries with Judge, with Stan. Uh, but this, this Yankee team's for real. When you have pitching like they do and the bullpen's pretty good, uh, you're going to be in the mix and you're going to have a chance to win the whole thing. I'm glad that Josh Applebaum is not on right now to hear this next question. But, Will, it does feel like right now, with all due respect to Boston, New York is making a resurgence, right? We're seeing it not only in Major League Baseball, but certainly in the NHL. Now, maybe game three and Get those Knicks futures ready. Get those Knicks futures ready. <laughs> yeah, right. If that happens, oh, my god. Well, goodness. they're going to have a hell of a draft. We know that. I mean, we know that, Will. Have you done your homework on the draft, by the way? But uh, Have you done your homework on the NFL NBA draft? Are you ready for that? Not yet. Not yet. I know it's the big three than everybody else, but uh, I'll dive into it. What do we got a couple weeks, usually a week or two after the final. So it'll be here before you know it. I know it's some order. It looks like Jabari Smith probably going first, at least based on the odds, then some order of Holmgren, Bonchero. And then the draft kind of starts at four with the Kings, which you never know what the Kings are going to do. Ivy's probably the best player after that, but they have Fox and that's sort of repetitive. So 
Uh, I'm sure I'll dive into it here in the next the next couple of weeks. Do you have any scoops for us? No, I just hear it Smith, Holmgren, and then Bonchero. That's kind of what I keep okay. hearing from the people I talk to in the NBA. But And the Purdue kid, a lot of people think he might be the best player in the whole draft. Yeah, Jaden Ivey, I, I think he, he is a stud in the making. But this does feel like a Patrick Ewing draft for the Knicks. they got to get somebody like, not saying a big man, I'm just saying an impact player like Ewing that could be a generational player for them. They've got to get one here, Will, because if the Knicks are going to get back in these conversations that we're going to have with the Celtics – they're going to have to find a player like that in this year's draft. So it's a talented draft, certainly. I just hope the Knicks don't screw it up. And the Donovan Mitchell rumors are going to start here and, and trading a bunch of picks and a bunch of prospects. But he's not the answer. He's a good player, but he's not a great player. He's not a franchise changer. He doesn't play any defense. You know, we've seen these Utah teams fall apart. Look, I, would you like him on your team? Sure you would. But are you going to, you know, sell the farm to get him? Uh, that's a question the Knicks are going to have to ask. I wouldn't. I'd be very careful, you know mortgage in the future here for Donovan Mitchell as your centerpiece going forward. We'll get back to the blue shirts in a second, but let's stay on the hardwood here then and look at game three tomorrow night in Boston. And I, I think you're on something that Michael and I discussed earlier in the show here. I'm surprised the totals haven't rent been adjusted down to the 210 range. Right now we're still seeing around 213, 212 and a half. Do you like the under in game three? Because it clearly cashed easily in game two. Yeah, and it, it's funny. I was texting Lombardi uh, Sunday night. It was 31-30 after the first chorus. Boy, this oh, this under's dead. I had the under, and it ended <laughs> up staying way under, like you mentioned. I've just expected a defensive series going in. Both these teams, I think, two best teams, defensive efficiency in the league. Uh, in game one, it went over, but both teams, I thought a couple things. I thought there was a lack of communication on switches where these teams got some wide-open looks. Curry definitely takes some adjusting, too. Uh, when you don't see him that often, you can't go under these screens with him. I thought Horford and a couple of these guys for Boston got wide-open looks. Uh, game two is a lot more what I expected. I think this is a defensive series. I think, you know, as these series go on, it's just going to be harder and harder to score. So uh, I am on the under two twelve and a half here in game three. Let's go. Yeah, to I mean, I, I, well, that, that text was, was so except, you know, it's so, you know, once the first quarter he was conceding. So <laughs> I don't think I even responded to it. I said, no, I did respond to him. I said the fact that, you know, Boston had seven turnovers and still 30 points was somewhat remarkable to me. You know, you turn the ball over seven times in the first quarter and you still score 30 points, you know, like you're, you're, you're that's probably not going to last. So, you know, I, I kind of had a sense that that was going to run out, but there'll be another one that'll come on the next one when we play again. Well, I'll tell you, you know, this. It's, I, I, it's funny. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm curious what you guys think, because look, the Warriors end up winning by 30. It looks like a laugher. I'm curious what you guys think when the the yeah, the Celtics are up by nine in the first quarter. Are you guys thinking, hey, this could be a very short series because that definitely yeah. crossed my mind. I, I didn't because, I, you know, the Warriors, I think we have two tough-minded teams. I said to David today, well, Will, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think the number's almost irrelevant, like it was in the Miami series. I, I think it's who do you think's going to win and, I, and play that. Yeah, I, I think the, the odds makers agree where they're just kind of tossing their hands up. Home court's worth about three. The line's three and a half. The series is a dead pick em. So I think both these teams are really good. Like you mentioned, they're both very tough-minded, but they're both very flawed because, I mean, answer this. Who's Golden State's second-best player? Usually a title team, you have a really yeah. good mm. D-plus second-best player. Who's Golden State's second-best player? It's not Clay right now. Is it Draymond? I mean, I, I don't even know who might it would be. be Andrew would it be Wiggins. It, might be Wiggins. Might be. The yeah. way Wiggins plays defense might. now. And by, by the way, guys, very quickly, and that like watching the evolution of Andrew Wiggins from a number one pick who was just a shooter and supposed to be a scorer to now being a low post presence and defender, it's rather amazing what Steve Kerr and that coaching staff has been able to get out of him to kind of transition uh, his game. 
like I'm surprised by that. But I, I got to ask you very quickly. You got a couple minutes to go here, Will, about the Rangers tonight because I'm starting to get a little nervy on the Rangers after what I saw in Game Three. When you have a two nothing lead in the series, a two nothing lead in Game Three, yeah. and then Tampa scores the last three. Are you looking at Tampa now, not just for this game? Obviously, they're the big favorite here, minus dollar seventy-five. I think the series is back in play. I think it probably goes seven now. Where, like, you know, Sunday afternoon, five o'clock. Again, you're thinking sweep. You're up two nothing in the game, like you said, up two nothing in the series. Uh, it, it's all but over, and you just—it's always dangerous when you let a team off the mat. Now the Rangers are still up two games to one. They still would have a game seven at home. They've won a bunch of games here with their back up against the wall. So I don't think the Rangers are going to be intimidated. But I think it's probably looking at a long series now. I, my pick at the beginning was Rangers in seven. I'll probably stick with the Rangers in seven. I do think the Lightning probably even it up tonight. It was amazing. I mean that they make that they make that goal with what thirty seven seconds yeah, left to go before yeah. we go to overtime. And you know, and, and there were moments where you know you're thinking that the Rangers were going to be able to pull this thing out. And and the power play to me, Will, has been the difference. Just the Rangers have you know they they've allowed that power play to hurt them as much as anything. Yeah, stupid penalties at the end of that game. They really kind of gave it to the Lightning, and that was a tough way. If you lost the game four or five nothing, you could just say, you know what, we're up two nothing. We move yeah. on to game four. But to be up two nothing and to just let them off the mat like that, it's always dangerous, especially a championship team like the Lightning, who have won the last two, going for a three-peat here. All right, we're going to need uh, some more time in the future with the King of New York, Will Hill, because there are a lot of things we didn't even get to today, Will, including your pick of Adam Hadwin, forty to one to win the RBC uh, at the Canadian Open this week. The Canadian, let's go, let's do it. I knew you were doing a little nationality there. I kind of like that. I like where your head's at there. Uh, he is Will Hill. Again, follow him on Twitter. Will, always appreciate the time and the information. We'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Will. You. There he is, everybody. Will Hill. When we come back, Michael, let's talk some more NFL. And I wonder if there's trouble brewing for my Dallas Cowboys. We'll discuss when you come back with us right here in the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. 
Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.